turn in your Bibles this morning with me to Acts chapter 20. I know we told you earlier just to turn the fan off, but if you'll turn something on. So, no air conditioning because I get too much hate mail with air conditioning, but just fan so we can blow out all the exhale. Everybody's exhale, we can just spread it around. Any fat men with me agree with that? Just thank, thank you. Y'all, thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all stand with me, Acts chapter 20. If Jesus tarries, it's my pleasure today to finish this little small mini-series. It was really just a long sermon, and I loved you enough to break it into two pieces last week on tenacity in the life of the believer. Acts chapter 20, beginning with verse 17. Are you there? And from Miletus, he, Paul, sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I've been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with humility of mine and many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, except the Holy Ghost witnesses to me that in every city that bonds and afflictions abide me, which means prison, uh, uh, bonds, jail. But none of these things move me. And here it is. Here, here's the key to a, a life that cannot be overcome. None of these things move me, neither Count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course, course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I've gone preaching the kingdom of God will not see me again. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men. I've not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears." And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all which are sanctified. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. And if you will allow me and join me just one more time to pray with and for me this morning, I would appreciate it. Father, I just stand before you and I humble myself. Um, I understand and I want to say publicly that I know that I have no ability or capacity to help anyone with anything outside of the anointing of your Holy Spirit upon the preached word. So I pray that this morning, Lord, that if there's any way you can use me to communicate this truth, let that happen. And Lord, if, if that couldn't be the case, that you would do it in spite of me. Allow your word to go forth with clarity, with unction, with a... Uh, pinpoint accuracy to the part of our heart that is receptive and that needs it the most. 
And let us grow and mature into Jesus Christ, into the fullness of him who created all things, even Christ the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't want to spend a lot of time going backward, and if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to watch online or get the DVD on the first part about the tenacity of the believer. Uh, We talked about the definition, uh, tenacity being a holding or holding something persistently, holding on to something, some belief. And the tenacity in the life of the believer is personal. It is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. God, others cannot do it for you. And God will not do it for you. To hold on to the truth of God's word. To hold on to the person of God. To hold on to your vows that you've made to God. Why is it that some people finish and others fall off the Christian mountain? Why do some continue and others turn back? It's not God's doing because he gives the measure of the spirit to every man. He gave them the earnest of the spirit. He gave them the abiding presence of the spirit. He gave them the word of God. It's a lack of tenacity. Uh, Tenacity is, is as important as character. It's as important as disposition. And we talked about tenacious believers. They are faithful. It's what keeps marriages and relationships together. They're confident because they know who it is that has given them the promises. They are relentless. They know that they will reap if they don't quit. They are prayerful. They know who listens to them. They are powerful. They know who lives inside of them. They are fruitful in every season, connected to the next. They are dependable. They are no stranger to fear, loss, discouragement, opposition, and weariness. They have just learned that their tenacity, their desire and choice and commitment to continue Nothing in this world, no obstacle, no demon in hell, no loss, no no tactics of the enemy, nothing can stand before a believer filled with the spirit that has tenacity and says, I'm walking on with God. It doesn't matter. See, if you, many believers can more clearly articulate what's happened to them than what's happened in them. And if God be in you and God be for you, nothing can stand against you. Tenacious believers are spiritually rich And they experience longevity over many others. Now this morning, if you're taking notes, number number three. Tenacity in the life of the believer is powerful. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't put tenacity ahead of spirit. Unless you walk in the spirit, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. Tenacity is not self-help, self-improvement. Girl, wash your face. Be careful of that book, by the way. I posted about that. Just be, just be careful. I like, I understand. Just go back. Be careful. Be careful. Anything that tells you that you're the author, you're the guard, you're the guide, you're the one that has the power. No, the believer does not rely upon will, intellect, charisma, uh, power, associations. I don't need uh, to, to, to turn over anything. I need to be led and empowered by God's spirit. But having said that, if I have this spirit, this dunamis, this dynamite, and I don't have the wherewithal to tenaciously cling to it, to tenaciously depend upon it. The Bible says that if if we grow weary uh, running with the footmen, what of the horses? What of when it's time to go further and harder? And, and, and we blame 
directly or indirectly that God has not given us the sufficiency to continue to persevere and to be victorious. And we, we thought that if we were tenacious that we would not have difficulty. That we would not have weariness, that we would not have wounds, that we would not get knocked backwards, that we would not have loss. Tenacity is not about never losing. Tenacity is about never quitting. And we will reap God's best, God's promises, if we faint not. Tenacity is required to survive and navigate the gaps. If you're taking notes... Tenacity is required to survive and navigate the gaps. What do you mean, John, uh, between survive the gaps? Well, the gap between God's promise and the provision. When God gives you a promise, it's not just faith in that promise, but it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Tenacity lays hold of the promise and says, I believe that the Lord has spoken and I confess with my mouth. I believe, therefore I've spoken. I align myself with this, but that is not enough. It's not through faith alone. It's not through confession alone. You must have a tenacity that says this promise is mine. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what opposes me. I have the capacity to hold on to this promise to the end and see God come through. Um, tenacity helps you navigate the gap. There's always a gap between Egypt and Canaan. There's always a gap between where you are and where God wants you to go. There's always a gap between not enough, just enough, and more than enough. There's a good Bible study for some of you. When the children of Israel, it's a type of our salvation and it's a type of our life post-salvation. It is God that rescued us from Egypt. Could we have done it on our own? No. The land of not enough. Then you get in the wilderness, manna, cloud by day, fire by night, angels food. God would drop it. He said, don't save any. Let it expire what you don't eat. Just enough. Now, we've heard so much craziness on Christian television uh, about God wants you rich and for all your faucets to pour Gatorade and, you know, drive a gold car and all of this, that we have not understood that Christ did not save me for the wilderness. Christ saved me for the promised land. More than enough. Not naturally first, spiritually first. More than enough. More than enough hope. More than enough joy. More than enough love. More than enough peace. More than enough. More than enough. And with that, if he spared not his own son, won't he freely give us all things? You don't settle down in the just enough. You push on into God, but it takes tenacity. And most, according to that pattern, that type, most people die in the wilderness. They get by. How you doing, sis? Well, I'm just holding on to Jesus gets here. And I've had seasons of holding on, but I'd hate to think I spent my life just, I'm kicking. What? Kicking what? Why y'all just staring at me? That was funny. That was, that was. There has to be a part of us that understands that the difference between Egypt and Canaan Two men had it. Who were they? Who's my Bible students? Joshua and Caleb. So all these million plus people, a million plus Jews. 
and they get to Canaan. They send the, the 12 spies in, one from every tribe of Israel, and they come back bringing grapes on poles. Now, my grapes at Publix are on little bit twigs. You can just put two fingers and hold a whole cluster. It said that they had to carry them on poles. They said the land flows with milk and honey, which means the mountains drip with life. And look at the grapes there. There's houses we didn't build, gardens we didn't plant, but there's giants. Well, what do you mean giants? We were like grasshoppers in their sight. I believe, your pastor believed, and this is for a different sermon, it'll cause a great stir. I believe that this was uh, part of a satanic race uh, where, you know, Goliath, uh, some commentators believe he was between nine and 18 foot tall, and one of his relatives had a bed that was 19 foot long, his bed. The Bible tells you this. That here's these, he said, but the, the obstacles, the, the, the opposition is just too, too much, too much. Joshua and Caleb step up, have the same manna fallen, same fire by day, cloud by night, same deliverance, same blood on the doorpost. Did they watch the same Red Sea open? Did they walk through on the same dry ground? They saw the, one of the greatest nations in the history of the world be con just swarmed over by water that was standing up and they watched the horses and the chariots floating and sinking in the Red Sea, two came up and said, we can take them. Don't y'all realize that if God has brought us this far, we can take them? No, 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 we're not able, we're not able, we're not able. And God in his wrath, listen to this, this, this won't fit in your hyper grace Christian television uh, that God's always happy with us. God swore, he said, none of you will enter into my rest. None of you, you'll all die in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb, after everybody died, everyone that said they wouldn't get in, do you understand that you, God will give you what you say in the sense of if it's his promise and you say, no, I'm, not, I'm never gonna be, I'm, I'm always gonna be a worrier. I, I'm always gonna be fearful. I, I'm always gonna be this way. God says, okay, I lay before you life and you choose death. I lay before you blessing and you choose cursing. So they get ready to go in all the children of the people that died. So you've got a generation, 40 years of people, and God waits for the last one to die. And he says, all right, y'all ready to go into Canaan? Here comes old Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, he, everybody that was a contemporary of his died. And he steps up, he goes, give me my mountain. He said, what? He said, give me my mountain. I'm as strong today as I was the day I told everyone else that if God said this was my land, this is my land. Where's a sword? Give me a donkey. Doesn't much matter because God would not give me false hope. God would not give me a false promise. And they designated a portion of land to him. What was the difference between Caleb and all those other people? Tenacity. Normal people experiencing supernatural expressions of God's goodness and grace because they believe God is faithful and their tenacity is not an arrogance. It's a bulldog bite on truth. I don't have all the answers, 
Brother John, what about all this? I don't know. Boy, it's so freeing to say I don't know. What about your church? I thought it sold. I did too. I don't know. I don't know. Well, where are we going? If I don't know why it didn't sold, I don't know. I think I know, but I don't know. But let me tell you what I do know. This is his church. He does with it what he wants to. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the hills the cattle are on. He speaks to things that are not as though they are. And if he speaks over this church sell, then it'll sell. If he has to drag them into the closing and make them pay top dollar, thank you, Lord, for the building. Thank you, Lord. I'm for it. Oh, this might be a three or four part series. That was letter A. That was just A on number three. The gap between your God-given dreams and God's timing. You have to have tenacity. It's not enough to clearly articulate the dream. You have to wait on God's timing. Jacob had this dream, or Joseph did. Joseph had this dream of these stalks of grain that happened to be the same number as his brothers. And they all bowed down to him. And then there was these planets and stars and all the stars bowed down to him. Maybe you've done this before. I've done it. And... You catch $50 worth of hell for doing it too. He, he, he came to uh, his dad and told him about the dream. And his dad and brothers go, so does this mean that we're all going to bow down to you? I was just telling you about the dream God gave me. That's all I was telling you. Because see, don't be surprised when other people aren't as excited about what you see coming from God's mouth that they don't see. Why didn't they say, that's wonderful. God, will you give me a dream for my life? Why didn't they do that? But no, they want to scale everybody back so we can all die medium, mediocrity and average. And Joseph got that promise and he believed it. He's got his father's coat of many colors. He's wearing that around and people are just growing in hatred for him. Don't be surprised when people resent, despise or hate you when you show any form of God's favor or faith in your life. I'm believing. I'm believing. So they're going to kill him. They take him out. They're going to kill him. And he's, he's, he's hearing them talk about how they're going to kill him. And he's thinking, I got a dream where the, the grain bows down to this grain. And it looks like I'm going to be dead in about half hour. It takes tenacity to hold on, okay, and just watch what God does. Notice, no manipulation. He didn't try to strike a deal. He just believed. So they wind up putting him in a well till they decide, that's a bad day anyway, drop you in a well. I I doubt if they're going to kill him, they lowered him down easily. I mean, if you're going to kill the man, they probably just threw him in the well. So some Ishmaelite traders come by and Judah had the idea. He said, hey, let's just sell him. We'll take his coat and they put blood of an animal on it, took it back to the dad and said that Joseph died. Uh, Judah, uh, this is a side sermon. I don't have time, but I have to say it because it'll keep the voice will keep going in my head if I don't tell you. Notice that it was Judah that got him out of the well. Praise. Notice that it was praise that got him. I just, side note. So uh, that's what Judah means, praise. And so they sold him. He went off into a distant land and he went from jail to jail to go up just a little bit back down he'd served the Lord was with him back down 
A, a lady tried to get him in a bed of adultery. He said, I could not do this for my, against my master or God. And then she grabbed his coat. She wasn't going to hear no. It ripped off of him. And she told her husband, this peasant came in to rape me, put him back in jail. Joseph's life was, and the Lord was with him. And he went to jail. And the Lord was with him. And they lied about him. And the Lord was with him. It takes tenacity to navigate the gaps between God's promises and provision, between the dream that God gave you. And you go back, did I have this dream right? Because if I have this dream right, ain't nobody bowing down to me. I'm just in this little prison cell with a couple of mice I feed. That's about all that's going on here. And long story short, the Lord used him to interpret a dream. And he went from a dungeon to the second in command over this great nation overnight. And there happened to be a famine where his family was and they're dying. And his father sends the brothers to Egypt to get grain and he recognizes him. They don't recognize him. They think he's dead. He recognized them. Long story short, he pulls them in, tells them who he is. And he said, I know you meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it unto me for good to save our family and all of them bowed down and he goes oh oh he walks out on a balcony and all of Egypt's bowing down people are bowing down the goal is not to be bigger than anyone or better than anyone it's this and I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning but when you have a promise, a dream, and God gives it to you, and it's vivid, and you know it's from him, and it brings glory to God. It's not just about self-promotion. It doesn't matter how many steps backward you take. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter if everybody agrees with the dream or nobody agrees with the dream. The dreams, intentions, and plans that God has for you will happen if you don't quit. If you don't quit. The gap between where you are and where you're going. The gap between hope deferred and desire coming. Hope deferred and desire coming. It's powerful. Tenacity to keep on going. During what I term the dark years. It's not important for those visiting. I'm not going to venture all back. But there was a, a period of about four and a half years where uh, there's no way it could have been worse for me as a man. The darkest time of my life. And I remember my problem was not that I didn't believe. My problem was that I did believe. I clutched. I held on. I spoke in faith. I prayed. I fasted. I believed. And hope deferred, the Bible said, makes the heart sick. When you, my problem was that I, not that I didn't believe, but that I did. And because I did believe and the answer didn't come, it wasn't God's timing, then, then the, the hope deferred made my heart sick. It makes you grieve. You have to fight off discontentment and disillusionment and disappointment. Disappointment will haunt you, haunt you. Worse than any poltergeist Hollywood can come up with. God's forgotten you. God's failed you. God is not listening to you. You're all alone. Fate is your God. And a friend of mine who was part of the group that met on Tuesdays and Fridays praying, 
a friend of mine, I don't remember if it was for my birthday or, or, or Christmas or pastor appreciation or what, went, felt the Lord directed her and went and took pictures of trees all over town at different times. Some had leaves, some didn't have leaves, some were beautiful, some were not so beautiful. And the scripture in the middle of it is, she had calligraphy, it said, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes, it's a tree of life, which means when God shows up, when God answers, when God provides. And I remember getting that picture in my empty house and putting it in my study. And I told her, I said, this just means so much to me because it was God reminding me that weeping endureth. Oh, don't say that. You need to be more positive. I'm positive. It endureth. Weeping endureth for the whole night, comma, not period. But joy cometh. That girl later became my wife. That girl and that picture are still in my house. Because even though I couldn't see, I knew that God had given me a promise early on in my life that uh, in his favor is life. And life always follows the person. It's drawn to and it comes to the person that believes and holds on. But you have to tenaciously believe that that tree with no leaves will be beautiful again. You have to hold on. But John, my heart is sick. That's because hope is deferred. But when, when the desire comes, when the answer comes, there's great life. Tenacity is that which empowers us in times of great conflict and danger. How many of you, it's just confessions good for the soul. How many of you struggle with fear? You know, that's sin. Okay. I know. Overeating sin, too, by the way. So don't think. Eating a whole load of cheese fries by yourself before your meal. That's sin. So just as long as we got clarity. Fear, okay. Now, some people say, well, I'm not fearful, but they're a fool. They're not even concerned. They just, you know, some of these guys you think are courageous. No, they're just ignorant. Anytime you hear a country boy go, hey, watch this. That, that's not fearless, that's brain dead. You know, I'm going to jump off this house with this unicycle. No. No, don't do that. Okay, back to where we were. So, there was a time in the history of the Jews when King Nebuchadnezzar set up an idol of himself, a statue in the Valley of Dura, uh, a golden statue, and he made a decree that at the sound of the music, uh, the captured Jews as well as his uh, citizens would all bow down to worship the image. But there were three Hebrew teenage boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that had already determined they had, they had been taken from their homeland as slaves, but they had been put in a certain group of boys to be educated and groomed the king would use. So it was a sub-citizen, but they would be used in the kingdom. And they were to have the benefit of eating from the king's uh, kitchen. So you're talking about prime rib, you know, uh, lamb, not, you know, not 
uh, pizza bites, you know, but I mean real food. And they said, no, thank you. They said, no, thank you. We don't want, we don't want his luxuries. We would rather endure affliction with God's people than be preferred. He said, just, just let us eat pulse. And just on a side note, that's not a good diet. Pulse is like, get you some progresso soup and no, not progresso. Get you like Bobby Joe's soup and take half the good stuff out of it. Okay, and let it sit on your counter. For just, just water with a couple of dried pieces of vegetables. That's what pulse is. And they said, and come back and see if our countenance is not as good as the others. And God sustained them in that life of self-denial. Do you see the topic, the, the type, the life of self-denial? And they said, well, you're healthier than all the other boys. It would have been very tempting, but they, they, they stuck with the pulse and they were determined to keep themselves because they didn't plan on being in this land a long time. So when it come time to bow down, and he said, whoever does not bow down to this uh, statue in the Valley of Durham, you'll be cast alive into a burning, fiery furnace. And commentators say that this fire, this furnace, was open to the public, was 70 to 100 feet tall. Now, I'm thinking bonfire in your backyard, what, 20 foot, you know, a redneck bonfire, 30 foot, 35 foot. Roll that car up on there, uh, just a t tall. I, I don't. How do you how do you get the job measuring how high the fire is? I think somebody goes. That looks about like hundred foot. So they're throwing. That they they obviously had seen people thrown in for or to know that he would kill people. Okay. So there's great fear on the people. And so in the middle of the day, the band strikes up and everybody falls to their face. All the Jews fall to their face. And three teenage boys stand there like this. I know there's some of them that probably, okay, now, Lord, I, I ain't falling. I'm just going to tie my shoe just a little bit right here. I'm just, you know, and they halfway and think the Lord doesn't know their heart. And word was sent to the king. He said, you know, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in your court, they're not bowing down. He had them brought before him. Long story short, he, he, he got angry and he said, did you not hear the music? And they said, Daniel 3, 16 and 17, I believe. O King Nebuchadnezzar. And here's where you knew where they were coming from. Small K, not capital K. O King, small k, Nebuchadnezzar, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. Now, here's the tenacity. See, that's faith. That's faith. Our God, not your God, our God. There's the separation. Whom we serve. It's not just a mental ascent. I serve him. I do the pulse diet. To prove it. Our God whom we serve is able, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today, to deliver us, to intervene, to, to flex and to make free, to deliver us. It's one thing to say he can deliver you, but when you say he can deliver me from that, from this burning fiery furnace, from this season of lack, from this season of sickness, God is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace and he will. Not might, not maybe, not hope so. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Here's teenage boys. There's no weaponry. Here's a king with armed soldiers all around him. The, the army, the national army backs him. We're not careful to answer you. 
and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That's faith. Watch tenacity. But if not, we're still not going to bow down and serve your God. That's tenacity. It enraged him. It enraged him. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter. And they tied the little boys hand and feet, which meant they were humped over. They couldn't hardly walk. And they embarrassingly waddled those little boys up to the furnace. They told the land what had happened. And the, the Bible says the strongest soldiers, the largest soldiers, their, their warriors grabbed the boys and threw them in. And the heat was so hot that they died throwing them in. So here's the dead guys. They go into the furnace and uh, the, the, let me back. Ben, if, if you'd come for me too. They, they go into the furnace and immediately, see God did not reduce the flames because their bonds burn off immediately. The ropes that they tied them with. And see, some of you today are in a fight for your consecration. You're in the fight of your lives. You were okay until you stood for God. You were okay until you stood up. You were okay until you stood out. You took a stand. You boldly declared what God said, who God is. You took a stand. Come what may, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to give him my best. And they heat the fire up to kill you. The devil says, I'm, see, the devil knows what will scare you. Mama, he knows what will scare you about your babies. The fire in the scripture was a visible expression of how the devil tries to intimidate you. This is what's going to happen. You're going to lose your kid. Oh, you're going to lose your home. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose it all. You're going to lose it all. Do you see this? Heat it seven times hotter. And the only thing you lose in the all or nothing fire is your bonds. You are more free after that than you've ever been in your life. And so here's nobody mentions the dead guys anymore. So those of you that have a, a mind like mine that races, what does that look like in the video? The king's like, oh, just drag them out of the way. Just drag them. So they, <laughs> they pulling them out of the way. And I don't know how you look into a fire that kills people. I don't know if they had an insulated peephole or if you just got from the back and they said what do you see how many what's going on he said they're alive wait a minute they're alive in a place that would kill people stronger than them mm -hmm. how many did we throw in there three he said well there's four of them in there and I've heard a lot of great sermons on the fourth man, Jesus with them. And it was a theophany. It was a manifestation of the Lord. And they said, and the fourth one is likened to the Son of God. What was going on in that fire? Was it just a look? Was the Lord just looking? I, I, my understanding is at any time there was a mount of transfiguration or the Lord's talking, there's always teaching, there's always a lesson. 
I believe it was something like, were you scared? Scared? Yes, Lord. <laughs> I heard what you said about the king. And they said, you're the only king, God. What do you think they're thinking right now? They're probably trying to figure out why we ain't dead. You ready to go out? As far as I'm concerned, what? I can stay in the fire as long as you're here. I don't know who that's for. So the king says, come out! Maybe there was one of them like me or like a couple of guys in here I could point to. No, you come in. <laughs> yeah, just come on, bring it. Come out of there. And they brought him out. And they saw that not only they were alive, and there's the three dead guys, four dead guys over here. For the Bible to record that the smell of smoke was not upon them, somebody had to go smell them. Walked up and goes, hey, just get, come here. You don't even have the residue of this thing that was designed to kill you. What's the difference? You told me, King, you told us that if we bowed, we wouldn't burn. But my soul told me that if I bowed, I would burn. And I tenaciously held on to a scripture that you know nothing of. The Lord said, that the waters would not overflow me and that the fire would not consume me neither would I smell of smoke the fire would not consume me when you pass through the waters I'll be with you and when you pass through the fire you will not be burned neither shall the flame even kindle upon you I'm flame retardant and we've lost some battles we've lost some friends we've lost some years we've lost all those things but nothing eternal has been lost and your tenacity is what God uses to write the story of his glory this wasn't about the three boys it was about the fourth man and it takes tenacity to bring out stories out of average people to bring great glory to God Oh, you didn't, I've got just three or four minutes and I'll let you go. You didn't know you could suffer what you suffered. No, ain't no way you can make it through this. I know, until you make it through. There's no way to come out of what we've come out of and not be affected and not be cynical and not be untrusting. And there's no way. My greatest fear is that I would never be able to love again. That I'd never enjoy holding someone's hand or, 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 or sharing life. And not only, not only did the tree, uh, when the desire came, not only did I get a beautiful, godly wife, I became a daddy of three babies. Now, blessings cost you something. Kylie, I'm going to preach that sermon. The high cost of blessings. I lost all the peace and quiet in my home. There's an exchange. Love. Oh, just love dripping everywhere. Quiet can't be found. There's not a place. That's why we got 60 acres. Say, where's mama? She's about 35 acres out there walking around. She's like, help me, God. Help me, God. 
I'm trying my very best with word and humor and stories and application to let you know that there are no exceptions. You will reap if you don't quit. Don't quit. Don't let go. God gives you a promise. Now when I look at that little picture with trees on it, I'm not staring at the picture. I move over 16 inches and I look out the window at 60 acres of trees. 60 acres of trees. And God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think according to the power that's already at work in you. But if you're not tenacious, you will be tricked into thinking that it never was in the first never was yours in the first place. The only difference between the people that make it and and I'm talking about believers. God's already saved your soul. It's not an issue of salvation. The only difference between those that make it to Canaan, to more than enough, to spiritual experiences, to miracles, to provision, to abundance, to healing, to wholeness, to restoration is that bulldog bite that said God said he's going to fix this. How? You got me there. I don't know. But if he can make a virgin have a baby and he can open a Red Sea and he can create all things by the word of his power, I think I'm going to focus on the who instead of the why. And as for me, I believe the Lord. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you bow your heads? And in just a moment, I'm going to ask Ben to play something. If you feel this is where you are, there's parts of this message. I mean, of course you can apply anything, but like the Lord's really talking to you about, hang on. Don't, don't stop confessing me. Stand up, boldly declare. Be tenacious. Hold on firmly. And that it's an issue of trust for you. And you say, God, here's where I'm at. If you kill me, I'm going to trust you. If that's you, I want you just in the sight of God to slip your hands up during this song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him how I've proved him more and more Jesus Jesus pray Saints, would you look this way? I know you can't hold on anymore, but hold on. I know we're angry and frustrated and I can't figure out why, you know, if God told me A to B, why we just can't do the straight line, walk anyway. 
but I'm worn out than walk weary. God's word says that in due season, everything's going to change. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Through tenacity, the snail reached the ark. Remember? Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.